Welcome to the Eat Like a Mother podcast, where we take complicated topics surrounding hormones and metabolism and make them simple and applicable to your daily life as a woman. I'm your host, Casty Wellfell. My hope is that you walk away feeling empowered to start taking radical responsibility for your health and lean into this body God created for you. Are you ready to eat like a mother? A very common question I receive from people has to do with losing weight. What I preach is different than the mainstream touting of health. So it's normal for people to raise an eyebrow to some of my methods. In a society that preaches a caloric deficit to everything, how can we reconcile eating more food and maintaining a healthy weight or even releasing weight if we're overweight? So in today's episode, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about why the phrase caloric deficit doesn't work, what it means if we're holding on to stubborn weight, and how we can successfully help our body release unhealthy weight without sacrificing the health of our thyroid cycle and fertility as a whole. First, I want to address the problem of the caloric deficit. And before I do that, I want to tell you a little bit about me. And if you haven't gone back and listened to my story episode, do that after this. But my background is in exercise science. My degree was tailored towards those who were pre-physical therapy, like myself, and personal trainers. Throughout my entire degree, it was drilled into my head, caloric deficit, caloric deficit, caloric deficit. Essentially, if you had a client who wanted to lose X amount of weight, they needed to create a caloric deficit of why to lose Z amount of pounds per week. And while this is technically true, over the years, I've come to post some issues with this logic. Number one, it reduces people down to a math problem. People are not numbers, and you can't fit every person into the same framework. Bio-individuality is huge and should be taken into account with every single client. Number two, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Of course, if you cut calories, you're going to lose weight. My husband and I love the show Survivor, and it's no shock to me that after 30 days of eating nothing but rice, coconuts, and whatever they catch, maybe seven to 800 calories a day, every contestant has lost ample weight by the end of the 30 days. I am by no means shocked when someone goes on an extreme diet where they are in a major caloric deficit and they lose weight. Of course, you're going to lose weight. When you starve yourself, your body is going to eat away at itself to keep you alive. It does this at the detriment of your thyroid and your hormones. I don't know if you know this, but your body burns about 1400 calories a day at rest, meaning if you were to stay in bed all day and do absolutely no physical movement whatsoever, that's about how much fuel your body would require to keep your vital organs functioning, to keep your heart pumping and your lungs breathing. But again, just because you can doesn't mean you should. If you've listened to any of my earlier episodes, you know that stress is anti-thyroid. So let's talk about what's happening on a physiological level when you're in a caloric deficit. You probably know that calories are a measure or a unit of energy. This is how we're able to quantify energy in the body. 
Energy production in the body is or should be driven by the thyroid. When the thyroid is doing the job of energy production, meaning it's taking the nourishment you provide and delivering that to your cells to create an energy output. For my science nerds, this is when ATP is produced in the mitochondria of the cell. So when the thyroid is running the show, not only are you getting the greatest energy output, but your cells are also working more efficiently and effectively. What happens when you enter into a caloric deficit, meaning you're not meeting your body's energy demands, so really I guess a better term would be an energy deficit, this produces a stress response in the body. In the absence of steady glucose intake, your body has a backup system. You see, your liver stores glucose as glycogen for famine, essentially. This means that during times of fasting, famine, or stress, your body will mobilize glycogen and convert it to glucose, which is your cell's preferred source of energy. This is a process known as glycogenolysis, or the lysing, breaking down, of glycogen. Once all of your glycogen stores are burned through, your body moves into a process known as gluconeogenesis, or the creation of glucose from new neo source. And this is where people in the fasting world or the keto world really get their ideas from. You'll be told, oh, your body is so smart. Once you restrict calories or carbs or whatever, your body will then pull from your fat to create energy. But again, while this is technically true, we have to ask ourselves the question, just because our body can, does that mean it should? There are a few problems with this line of reasoning. Number one, this process by nature requires a major stress response on the body. When your body's energy demands are not met, when your body is not getting adequate calories, this induces a response from your adrenal glands. This stress response shuts off your thyroid. As adrenaline and cortisol increase in the body, thyroid production decreases. This is why you may get quick results from an extreme diet program only to gain the weight back later because during that time, you've shut off the use of your thyroid and allowed the adrenal glands to do its job. So now, for however long you're in a caloric deficit, your thyroid isn't functioning properly. That's one major problem with restricting calories. So your body pulls from its own resources. So now, however long you're in a caloric deficit, your thyroid isn't functioning properly. That's one major problem with restricting calories. Your body pulls from its own resources. Another major problem has to do with the fact that this process does not discriminate, meaning Sure, your body will pull from its fat stores to keep you alive, but it'll also pull from your other tissues as well, meaning your bones, your muscles, and even your organs like your thyroid. Ever wonder where the Hashimoto's diagnosis comes from? More on that another time. And then lastly, and you'll hear me say this all the time, but when your body is under stress, all non-essential life functions slow down. Meaning, sure, you can lose weight really fast when you cut calories and create a deficit, but this is at the expense of your cycle, your skin, your digestion, your sleep, your mood, your libido, your temperature. So I ask, is it worth it to you? I think when we frame it in that perspective, for most people, the answer is no. And I think if we were to be told all of the quote-unquote side effects of creating a caloric deficit before starting, you'd probably think a little bit more intentionally before moving into one. 
So now I hear you. You're thinking, okay, then what do I do? And I'm going to give you a little insight into the approach that I take with my clients who are specifically looking to release some extra weight. First, I want you to ask yourself the question, why is my body holding on to extra weight? There could be a lot of different answers to this question and only you truly know or will be able to find out what the answer is. For a lot of people, it's because of years of extreme undernourishment. Maybe you've never intentionally created an extreme caloric deficit, but maybe you're just a busy mom. You've got a lot going on and maybe you get to the end of the day and realize all you've eaten are some bites of your kids' scraps. I'm a mom, I get it, sometimes it happens. But if this is common or even a normal part of your life, that's a problem. Because now your body is in that state of stress that we detailed above. If you're holding on to extra weight, it could be because your body is just trying to protect you. What? Yeah, you heard that right. Your body is so smart and she is looking out for you 100% of the time. The same is true when it comes to excess weight. Maybe the reason you're holding on to extra weight is because you haven't intentionally nourished her, maybe ever, and she got so smart and adapted. When your body is undernourished, it will hold on to extra weight and fat as a way to prepare for famine. Essentially, you've trained your body to think, okay, well, we don't know when or if she'll nourish us, so we're going to keep this fat here for a rainy day, again, to keep you alive. And I think it's important to take a pause here and thank your body for doing exactly what God designed her to do. So often we get annoyed and frustrated that we're not seeing the results as fast as we'd like. But when you begin to frame your mindset and realize there's a reason behind what your body is doing, things begin to change. So the approach I take with my clients is a biomarkers first approach, because the truth is, Weight gives you absolutely no valuable data when it comes to your overall health. What are better markers of health are things like temperature, pulse, your period, your skin, your digestion, your sleep, your libido, your mood. There are certain boxes that should be checked off in each of these categories before you ever consider trying to lose weight. I'm going to run through just really fast what each of these biomarkers should be. And if you want to learn more, I recommend getting into my thyroid masterclass. It'll be linked in the show notes, but you'll get a deeper look into these biomarkers in that class. But overall, you should be warm with warm hands, feet, and nose, and a temperature of no less than 97.6 degrees Fahrenheit. You should have an ample pulse between 75 and 85 beats per minute. Your period should be regular. You should be able to confirm ovulation. It should be free of essentially any negative symptoms, save maybe feeling a little more tired than usual. You should be pooping every day. You should sleep well and uninterrupted. Your libido should be strong. Your mood should be stable. Your skin should be clear, free of acne, melasma, etc. Again, There are some nuances to each of these, but the point I'm trying to make today is you should care more about these than you do the number on the scale. Because newsflash, your healthiest weight may be more than what you think it is. You may have better biomarkers at a higher weight than what you are currently. I know that was my story. My body didn't fully begin healing until I gained 16 pounds. So my encouragement to you, throw away the scale you don't need it. I think you'll be able to tell if you start moving towards obesity. You don't need a scale to tell you that. Pay attention to these biomarkers first. Then lift heavy. (laughs) 
But really, strength training is incredibly pro-thyroid, but you need a foundation of nourishment too while you strength train. I recommend strength training over intense cardio any day. Cardio exercise, you're only going to increase your metabolic rate during the time of exercise, which means you have to do more of it to see results. Strength training increases your metabolic rate and keeps it risen after the exercise is ended meaning it is more efficient and effective. But again, you should be paying attention to your biomarkers, specifically your temp and pulse, and how they respond to any exercise. More on this in my thyroid masterclass and my temperature guide, also linked below. Now, if all of your biomarkers are in check and you're still having trouble releasing weight, then that's when I would recommend working with someone. Sometimes there's more circumstances like mold toxicity, vaccine injury, SIBO, etc., that may need to be addressed with more care and professional help. I absolutely believe there's a time and place for that, but I think more often than not, we get caught up in seeking out testing and fancy things when we haven't even laid a foundation of proper nourishment and movement in our lifestyle. So do that first. Creating a caloric deficit is crap. This mentality of restriction to lose weight might work in the short term, but as you know, it'll cause you to gain weight back tenfold and will make it harder to lose weight the next time. It's not sustainable. Nourishing your body well is sustainable. Lifting and moving your body in a way that makes sense to your lifestyle is sustainable. If what you're doing in your lifestyle now you can't sustain for the next 60 years, it's probably time to make a change. If you found this podcast helpful or encouraging, would you mind leaving us a rating or review? I love hearing from you. So be sure to shout us out on Instagram and tag me at Cassidy.Wellfell and we'll be sure to shout you right back out. Let's get this message to as many women as possible. Until next time, friend.